Have you subscribed to the Noteworthy newsletter? If you want to learn more about the latest news, strategies, and opportunities in the real estate note investing space, you need to subscribe. We're so convinced you're going to love it that we're giving away a free three-month trial subscription to our podcast listeners. Simply go to www.notetools.com forward slash free newsletter to get your trial subscription today. That's notetools.com forward slash free newsletter. Welcome back to the Noteworthy USA podcast. I'm Ben Fredericks. Today, I'm excited to share with you a panel conversation that we had most recently at the Noteworthy Summit in Anaheim this past February. The panel was comprised of different investors that are raising money for different projects, notes, multifamily, rentals, all were discussed, and we, we kind of dive deep into best practices. But before that, I'd like to invite you to subscribe to the Noteworthy USA monthly newsletter. The newsletter is comprised of articles from industry experts, entrepreneurs, tips of the trade, note deals, property deals, and more. And you can check that out at www.notetools.com forward slash newsletter. Again, that's www.notetools.com forward slash newsletter. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please give us a review and hit that subscribe button and share the podcast. If you'd like to be on the show, email ben at notetools.com and we'll look forward to talking with you. In the meantime, enjoy the panel. Careful. Uh, so as you can see, back on the, the wall back there, we had have a deal, have money. And so what we wanted to do, private money was like one of the biggest challenges that I hear about in the industry, whether it be in fix and flippers, no business, it's coming up with our own money to do deals. And at some point you run out of your own money, right? So what do you do when that happens? And the guys that are up here on stage, I mean collectively, have probably raised hundreds of millions of dollars in private money over the years. So what I want them to share, uh, this will just be a lot of Q&A. So if you have questions about private money and some strategies that you can use to do it, this is gonna be the forum to ask those questions, okay? So uh, why don't we first start off, um, I don't think uh, our first guy needs any introduction. He's been probably one of the more popular speakers here this weekend. Uh, Mr. Bob Zachmeyer, can you tell us a little bit about your experience in raising private money because I know you're quite masterful at it when it comes to, and by the way, the panel is very diverse, which you'll see, I mean, in terms of what they are raising money for, but I think you're going to see that the principles all are very similar, all right? So Bob, tell you're efficient in the retiree market. Can you talk a little bit about that and some of your strategies? Sure. I, um, I do a lot of first position notes with retirees, and oftentimes I take a second position note behind them. So, if, you know, people act on their fears. You can come here and promote, like Kevin just gave one heck of a good offering, and how many people are gonna take advantage of it? Because he didn't scare you, right? People get scared, and, and a lot of people sell out their stocks after they fell 10%, like happened this week. 
So if you're going to approach a retired person, their biggest fear in the world is losing their capital. They don't work any longer. What they have is all they have. So you need to take that into consideration. Do you think it means something to them when I take a second position loan behind them? I never let a retiree lend more than 75% of the value of a property, and oftentimes it's less than that, in the 60s. So what other asset do you have that can lose 35% of its value or 25% of its value and you still have all your money? So, so I mean, can anybody in the audience name one asset, one investment that could lose a quarter of its value and you still have all your money? So, so I mean, that's the kind of way you want to put it to them. But then you have to quantitate, you know, I actually have over 50 notes. So when you just tell me how many dollars a note makes anymore, I don't really care because I have way more than I need to live. Um, so I start measuring notes and how much beer it will buy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for retirees, I put it into groceries. And I just say, look, the next time I, I plant the seed, and, and first of all, you don't sell money, right? You cannot chase money, money has to chase you. And what you have to do is plant the seed and walk away. And the people that want it will bubble up. So I just say, you know what, what is the best investment that you have right now? I mean, when somebody comes up and you and asks you for advice, is that a compliment? I value your opinion. You're pretty smart. What's the best investment you have right now? And you just zip your lip and shut up, right? Because almost every time they're gonna start complaining about what they're earning at the bank. And then you just say, you know what, I'm earning six and 7% with notes and you walk away. And I go like, what's a note? What? And all of a sudden the money, I stopped chasing it and it started chasing me. So when you go to the grocery store next time and you're unloading the groceries out of your car, the bank is paying you 0.2, right? So it takes you five years to make 1% on your money at the bank. I'm paying you 6% a year, which is 30 times more than you make at the bank. So the next time you're unloading the groceries out of your car, just remember for every one sack that you're taking out, you could have had 30. And then I walk away. So what you're hearing from Bob here is he's a masterful storyteller, right? And the way he crafts it is just in a way that people completely relate to. So, and I, I don't, and he's talking to a specific market. Now, Scott, are you, what, tell us about the market you're dealing with in, in terms of raising money for your organization. Appreciate that, Ben. Um, and by the way, let's give a hand for these guys. Ben, Aaron, John, these guys have done an amazing job here. We appreciate you guys for putting this together. Good stuff. I didn't, uh, I, I forgot to say yesterday when I spoke for a little bit that Aaron should write a book on how to network your way to the top because he's done it. I mean, so appreciate you, bud. Um, so what we try to do is enter the conversation that's already going on in somebody's mind. And we know, statistically speaking, that the average person is not going to make it in retirement the way they want it. Um, and so what we're doing, it just, it just depends on where we are. So in an event like this, um,
people are looking at notes. And so we, we enter the conversation where your mind is thinking. So how about a turnkey note? If we're at a flipping event where we're speaking, we talk to people about flipping their capital. If we're at something that's a retirement event, we've built a calculator and we can show somebody how to put their capital into a calculator and show them where they are, where they're going to be deficient, and how many deals they have to do. So we're just trying to meet them where they are. Awesome. Uh, Chris has a mic. So uh, for those of you don't, that don't know, this is uh, Chris Salerno, and he's going to make me feel really old right now. This young man, I think that's when you cross the threshold of, you know, when you start saying young man, uh, is doing some really big things, and he's in the multifamily space. So uh, Chris is 24 years old and is wow. raised over $40 million. So, which is awesome. So, but Chris is doing multifamily, so your conversation is also different. Very can, different. Can you talk a little bit about how that works? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Is, yeah. Here, is it on? Is it on? I don't know. Hello? Hello? Oh, there you go. I want to All right. So uh, multifamily is extremely different. Um, so I'm out of Charlotte, North Carolina. We focus on acquiring large multifamily assets, um, over 100 units with passive investors. Uh, very similar to the note business is why you're in it uh, for passive uh, income, um, but we do it with just passive investors. So uh, when it comes to conversations that I have with uh, large high net worth individuals for multifamily, um, my strategy is I don't even bring up what I do. Um, I build relationships with them, get to know them, because we don't, um, at our typical raise is anywhere from 6 million to 12 million. We have to do that within three weeks. Um, so they're very high net worth individuals that will be investing average two fifty to five hundred thousand um, dollars. So the first thing I do is build strong relationships with them up front, uh, have them get to know my family, me personally, me get to know them, and then I let them bring up the topic about what I do, what type of investment it is. Uh, we do a ten percent preferred return annually, monthly distributions, and we do a waterfall structure, uh, and then we do a seven percent preferred return, and I can dive deeper into that later. Okay, awesome. And then finally, Tom, my man Tom Chase down here is big in the uh, manufactured home space. So Tom, tell us about a little bit about your business and then how did you generate that conversation on, on okay. private money? So, so we're basically in the performing note business. Um, I started that uh, eight years ago. <clears throat> and it was only about four years ago about my first manufactured home note. We, we discovered there was uh, a need in that market for financing, and I'm talking about manufactured homes in parks and communities, nice communities, not trailer parks, you know, the nicer communities. Um, we, I was already working with a number of investors. We looked at this and said, hey, we can buy three to four notes for the same money as we buy a real estate note. <clears throat> so I already had some investors we were working with, so we put together our program, and what I do is I just educate people. I educate people and then answer the questions. Uh, for a year, I did a monthly lunch and learn, and, and it really was. Uh, I, I learned from the best, and you guys have heard him up here, Kevin. I, I also learned from Kevin, and I take a lot of what Kevin has done and just educate people and answer their questions, be truthful, build relationships, as you say. And then generally about 20 to 25% of the people that attend my Lunch and Learn meet with me, they end up becoming investors with us. And they, they fund our loans, they buy the long-term notes, 
and that's how we've built our capital. And then they start referring friends and starts building on each other. Tom, talk a little bit about that. Each one of you can can add your two cents. But when you're prospect, you're prospecting to do an event, right? How do you how do you build that audience in the lunch and learn? Can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, First of all, I'm a member of my RIA in Arizona, and I've been a member of that RIA since 2005, and I, I facilitate the note subgroup, so uh, I, I'm known in, in our market for that. I also branded myself as the AZ note guy, and so you gotta brand, brand yourself. Um, and, and like I said, I, I, I just as people ask questions, I say, look, we have this, now we do it quarterly. I don't have time to do it monthly, but we do a quarterly event and just invite people to the event. And it's strictly, there is no pressure. It's not a selling. I'm there to educate people and let them know that this space exists because most people have no idea that they can do what we do. It's just the concept doesn't hit them. And just by educating them is what I do. And we just happen to choose the asset class of manufactured homes to do it. How about for you, Chris? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, we have a podcast, uh, The Mindful Multifamily Show, uh, that I'm the host of. I also do a weekly um, live uh, webinar, and you can only access that through my social media platforms on Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, but the big thing is, is adding value to individuals um, and not asking for anything in return, and you'll definitely see that grow. Uh, you know, when you're raising capital for doesn't matter, you know, notes, any type of business, it's it's very important to build strong relationships with the individuals because when they start to refer people to you, uh, last Monday I had uh, two referrals that I had coffee with uh, in Charlotte and I didn't even ask them to invest, but they already said, let me know on your next deal, we'll throw 100000 towards you. And I didn't ask anything, it's because their friend has invested with us before and they trust their friend. So that, that relationship is a key for any type of business um, and especially if you're trying to grow your business to a, a large amount. Awesome. And Scott, I know you're doing, you're going to events, talking to people that way. Are there any additional strategies that you're doing to, to prospect for private money people? I, I would say to you that we spent the last six years at these, we were somewhat exclusive at those events. And um, so we've had a fresh new perspective come up, you know, available to us. And so um, I guess what I would say is we've had a fair amount of success in this. And so we're looking for venues that we can add value to other people. And so a venue like this, and I was just talking to Bob in the hallway, he's got a venue coming up that there's some, you know, other successful people that you know, so we, we network and we go to events and just look for ways to add that value. But we're going to get more focused on the retiree market um, with our calculators and those kinds of things. Okay. Bob, I know you, you have uh, a specific thing that you do just in terms of radio. Can you talk about that and then anything else additional you're using? Sure. I have a radio show. I've had it for eight years. I have a morning DJ that comes on right, out, uh, right before Rush Limbaugh on a conservative talk radio. I, um, when I was looking around at which radio station to advertise on, back in 2006, I've, been on, I've had the same ad rep on my radio show for 14 years. And, and I looked at the demographics, and I know what the median income is in our town. It's 47,000 per family. On this particular radio, it's 72,000 per family uh, for the listeners. The average age of the listener is 62 years old. So is that a target market for capital? 
So then, I, you know, you can't say, hey, invest with me, I got a deal. That's called a public notice, right? Can you do that? What does the SEC have to say about that? You can't make a public offering without having a securities license. What you can do is offer the education. So you can change one word in your sentence. Instead of earn 6 or 7%, you say learn to earn 6 or 7%. And now all of a sudden, you're, you're marketing the education, not the actual investment. And then the morning DJ that does my ads is just unbelievably good. But I also sold him his house and he owns two notes that he got from me. So he just talks all day long about the notes and, and, and it's like, no tenants, no toilets, no taxes, no termites, no trash, just mailbox money. So if you want to learn how to make money in real estate without the tenants and toilets, just call me. He does that every day, and it's just amazing. But he's again, a, he's saying learn. Yeah, he's a believer. Yes. Yeah. So they just gave you like five different things that you can do in a business to raise money. Lunch and learns, podcast, webinar, events, radio show. The big thing here to take away is to figure out where is your demographic for a potential private money lender, where are they absorbing content? Is it on Facebook? Yes. Potentially. LinkedIn too. LinkedIn to professionals. If, if in the last couple of days you have not gotten on Facebook and said, you know what, my notes haven't lost a dime. You're missing out on a big, big, big group of people because money comes with trust. You're surrounded on Facebook by people that already know you and, and who are like licking their wounds in the stock market right now and they're like, look at this guy. I mean, he didn't get touched by this last downturn. Yeah, talk about that. I mean, so Chris, why is now the best time to raise money, right? So we're at the top of the market pretty much, better than it's ever been. Why, if I'm a private money person, I've got some money tied up in stocks, why should I put it with somebody like you into a real estate? Yeah, great asset? question. Um, I just saw this morning, I believe Treasury dropped 1.17, uh, so interest rates are getting lower. So that's good. Um, but when it comes to it, you know, the past week it's dropped over uh, um, a crazy event that has um, unfolded uh, in front of us. Uh, I get asked that question a lot. Um, the biggest thing is that uh, I came from the single family industry, fix and flips. I was the top broker in the Carolinas, ran the top team. Um, and the reason why I got into multifamily is because the economy is a scale. Numbers make sense. Back in 08 and 2012, multifamily was the strongest asset class across the board. Everyone still needs a place to live. They need shelter. Um, and when you look at it, you have one roof and 50 people under it. If, two, if one person decides not to pay, who's paying? The 49 people are still cash flowing in your pocket. Um, so you do the math to where it comes down to the low occupancy. But when it comes to the stock market, personally, I don't like the stock market. Um, uh, after you take out all the fees that the stockbroker gets, uh, I just think it's outrageous. Also, you know, the, the market and the, the news dictates how that stock's going to perform. Um, you're seeing it right now as something happened. The market is blowing it up. Uh, the news is blowing up all over social media. So the Dow is dropping tremendously, uh, which makes your stock go down and uh, you lose money. I believe it was uh, $3.18 uh, trillion that was lost in this past two weeks. 
because of this event. So when it comes to multifamily, it's shown uh, historically that it's been extremely strong during uh, extreme in recessions and uh, very low downturns. So that's why uh, I decided to go ahead and invest into the multifamily industry. And a lot of our investors who see the, the percentage that they get a 10% preferred on an annual basis, and they see that they're getting that on a monthly basis because we do monthly distributions. But overall, the tax benefits um, I don't know who pays taxes in here, but I don't. Um, and the reason why I don't pay taxes is because I depreciate a $40 million piece of asset, and I get a K-1 every year, and I give that to my CPA, and all my deductions wipes out all my profits. Until you sell it. Say that again? Until you sell it. Um, but I'm a real estate professional, so as a real estate professional, I don't pay tax. But if you're a, if you have a W two job, like some most of our investors are uh, W two uh, employees, um, that tax offsets it a little bit um, from the depreciation of the asset. Uh, but they're going to have to pay capital gain tax when they sell the property. Um, for real estate professionals, it's very minimum. Uh, but I always encourage to 1031 it. I 1031 everything and keep rolling it over because all these assets cash flow. Uh, Tom, can you talk a little bit about structure? So I, I think one of the things that people get intimidated about when they're starting off raising money is like, okay, do I do I give away equity? Do I give away interest? Do I do a combination? Can you talk like how, how you kind of came to your plan and, and what that looks like? Yeah, um, the, the people that we work with are... Uh, as, as the rest of you have said, there are a lot of retirees. They're concerned about their money. We use a lot of 401k and IRA money. Um, they're concerned about running out of money in retirement. They really are. Because, that, I mean, I was at that position myself when I started in 2012. That's what got me going. So what we do is show them a way that that money can keep earning for them. Uh, it's, it's not a lot about what, what you said. We, we also have the component of our side of the business that we're doing something to help the affordable housing market because we all know we've got, a, we've got an issue nationwide. We, we really have an issue in the, in the Arizona market. And today, the reason we chose manufactured housing because that is affordable housing. When you take a family, that say they're they're working in the service industry and they got a combined income maybe of four thousand forty five hundred a month, they're priced out of the housing market. So the by working into the manufactured housing, they can own a home. So then we help them. We help the owners and managers of the communities fill their properties, collect their lot rent, and then we have the. People are concerned about retirement who are giving a nice return on their investment. So we it just brings it all together as a win-win-win. Okay, Scott, how about you? I mean, your your situation is unique, right, in terms of lending on a fix and flip, and you know those opportunities. Is there equity structured in your deal when you're doing it, or is it just interest? So it depends on the investor. In other words, um, it kind of you tell us what you're looking for, and then we. You know, people buy what you sell. So if you're an investor and you're telling us this is the deal you want and somebody's looking for capital, we'll say, hey, we've got an investor that will participate this way. Um, but, you know, maybe a couple of nuggets I could throw at you guys if, if I can about how we do some of that is simply 
Uh, to Bob's point, when he talked about using the word, if you say earn to someone, um, you can get in trouble. So our securities attorney said the quickest way to overcome this is to write an ebook. So we wrote an ebook um, that we have on our website, Flip Your Capital, and you really should go download the ebook. And it's the 14 reasons why it's good to be the bank. And so what happens is, is money follows value. And what you're doing is, is I believe you're giving your investor the best seat in the house. You're, you're, you're giving them the security and all the different things. For example, you know, what investment do you, can you invest in that has a replacement value? If the home gets, you know, burned down, you can get replacement value. So there's 14 reasons that we came up, we wrote that, and we give that as value and give that position. So Ben, to your point is, is it's, we need the investor where they are. Some of you are more sophisticated and you're like, don't even talk to me about 7%, 8%, get out of here. I say to you, tell me what you're looking for, we'll put you on a list, and when those deals come up, they're short-term deals that have to move fast, you let us know, and we will help you get positioned in that deal. So that's the kind of stuff we do. We meet people where they are. Okay. Chris, do you have something? Yeah, I have one thing to touch on. One thing that uh, stood out tremendously out of that was uh, money, or, um, money follows value. And uh, with us on social media, with us on uh, having our podcast, we post a lot of content about the Carolina market, the multifamily market, what's going on in class A, class B. And we just pour it all out there to everybody um, as a thought leader in the market, which we're adding value to everybody. And you will then start to see your, your ratings on your website go up. You'll start to see more people are uh, going on your website and filling out information to wanting to have a call with you to then ultimately invest with you. So I definitely like that. Money does follow value. Awesome. Go ahead, Bob. So I wrote actually for a bunch of my coaching students that were having trouble finding capital, I wrote this book, Who Needs the Bank? And it's an educational tool. Um, it's got 25 chapters, they're three to four pages long, and people can read it two hours, cover to cover. And the way that you approach this is you basically hand the book to someone you think might have money and say, I'm thinking of doing this, I would really appreciate your opinion on this. And most of the time they actually come back and say, how do I get involved? And in the book, it doesn't say, call Bob Zachmeyer if you have extra money. It says, find the person that gave you this book. And they have local deals in your market. You should not be investing outside of a market that you understand. So um, I have leftovers from this conference. I, they're all on the back table. First come, first serve. They're $20. And all the money that you pay, all 20 of it's going to go to that little girl that was up here yesterday. That's awesome. All right, so who has questions about private money? Let's make this a little bit interactive with the audience. Go ahead. Uh, maybe not exactly directly about private money, but you folks mostly talk about the retiree investor demographic. There's a sea change coming, right? So the millennials are coming in. Is any, anybody talking about that selling to them and thinking about their future rather than the retirees? Let's ask the millennial on the panel. <laughs> well, uh, most millennials just want to go blow money uh, and waste it. So good luck targeting them. Um, I know for us, uh, we really target the demographic uh, anywhere from 35 to 60, um, but a very high net worth individuals, executives, uh, real estate entrepreneurs, um, 
those type of individuals. Uh, I do have a strong following on social media, uh, and because I do fit that category of millennial by age, um, that I do have that type of following, um, and most of them have reached out to me, but they all have no money. Um, and uh, they are just wanting to go and just explore life. Uh, and they're really not worried about building wealth or building a, uh, a financial, um, a stable financial in, in the future. So that's what I've seen uh, when speaking with them. They think they're gonna hear it from us. Yeah. You're right. No, they're wrong. <laughs> so I've got a comment that may help you. Um, the company that I had spent a bunch of time with um, they did about a hundred million a year in revenue and their events kind of look like this demographic the baby boomer demographic and the marketing person was sitting at the back of the room at one of the events a couple years ago and I was talking to her about everybody in here is like 50 plus and she goes she grinned and she goes because that's where the money is why do people rob banks that's where the money is so if you're gonna if you're gonna market market to where the money is and the millennial crowd um, will eventually get to a point where there's pain and they're looking for a solution in my opinion but right now you've got 10,000 baby boomers a day retiring that have pain and they're gonna most of them are gonna run out of money Gen X right behind and if I could, if I could add to that, first of all, I'm not sure I even know how to communicate with a millennial. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> it's, it's my fault. But I'm a baby boomer myself. I went through the sitting across the dining room table with my wife having a conversation of how are we going to retire the way we want to. So I've lived it, and it, it, it means something to me to help my own generation, and I can commute communicate well with my own generation and that's what makes it work for me you know because I'm I lived it myself eight years ago where we were at is totally different than where we're at now and I want to help other people get there too go ahead Bob. so there's a lot of Millennials who watch their parents get foreclosed on and there's if you look at the, the missing generation in the housing market it's been the Millennials the leading edge of the millennials turns 40 years old this year, and many of them have not yet bought their first home. And they're actually building entire subdivisions nationwide to be rental properties for millennial home people. So if you're trying to, you know, the old school baby boomers have, there's nothing more secure than having a paid off home, right? And, and so that is a, is a very uh, clear asset to them. To a millennial who watched their parents lose that asset, it's not nearly as, as secure as, as they think. And, and I'll just tell you, I don't think there's a person breathing today that will see another downturn like we saw in 2008. It was just like a perfect storm, a calamity of a whole bunch of events that conspiracy or not may have been orchestrated because of the baby boomers. There's, there's 10,000 people every day turning 65 in this country. There's an unlimited supply of cash. But if those people had all gotten on Social Security, how fast would it run out? If you can take the last 10 years away from people, which is what most people wake up in their early 50s and say, holy crap, I forgot to save. And that's when they plow everything they can into retirement during the last 10 years. A lot of the baby boomers got cheated out of that 10 years, and not only did they not put any more money in, they actually had to spend that money in order to survive. 
So that pushed them to work into their 70s. And this is a way to demonstrate to them. And, and so I'm, uh, I don't think a millennial person, now if you can equate it into how many Starbucks it will buy, then, <laughs> then you, know, you, you can say, look, this, this, and you gotta take your notes and, and, and make them affordable for the target market that you have. I can just tell you that if you get much over 120, 140, the, the largest private money loan I've done with a retiree is $140,000. Because if you look at what they have, it's just too many eggs in one basket for the average retiree. And I'm not going for ultra wealthy people. I'm going for Joe and Mary Smith at the end of the street that are just looking for a better way to live. And, and I'll just tell you, um, if you wanna become an educator and, and, and help people in your community, I think the best tool there is for somebody retired is to change their thought process about owning their home outright. I run into people every week that they have a, a $200,000, $400,000 home that they own for cash and they can't afford to take a car vacation. And it's like, man, you should get a reverse mortgage on your house. Well, then the bank will get my house. No, they won't. A reverse mortgage would give you half of your equity out. I'm not going to be like those love boat actors on TV and tell you, you know, you get an allowance from your house because then you're actually eating your house. What I want you to do is invest that money and eat the interest on your house. So that way, basically, if you have a $400,000 home, you'll get $200,000 cash. At a 7% interest rate on an amortized loan, that would pay you $1,330 a month for 30 years. You have to be 62 years old to get a reverse mortgage. That would take you to 92. For most people, that would be enough, wouldn't it? Now, is the bank going to get that house? No. You only took out a loan on half of it. If the interest rate on the loan is twice as much as the, um, as the rate of appreciation of a home. So right now, let's just for easy math say you could get a 4% loan. That's on half the property. But if the home appreciates at 2% on all of the property, you've never lost any equity. Does that make sense? So you you, know, you would just stop the appreciation. You, you basically have all this money that is, is in a place that's, you'd be better off as a retiree of burying your money in a hole in the ground because a hole doesn't have property tax. <laughs> two, two things right there. So number one that I noticed from Bob, he knows the numbers. He can wax poetic on it and just, it's very conversational. He's not having to look at you know, a diagram or a form. He just knows it. He can give a real life example of how it's going to help somebody. Second, to your point, millennials, they like things to be convenient, right? So crowdfunding has become a big thing where they can make little micro loans. Why do you think Grant Cardone has raised, you know, tens of millions of dollars over the last two years? He's made it very easy for millennials to get involved. You can shit on what he's doing in terms of the return that he pays out. But it's brilliant because he's saying, all right, I'm letting you get involved in a multifamily project for just five grand. And then you're gonna make 6%, you know? But he's made it very simple for them, right? So, did you have a point on that? Yeah, I, um, I wanna definitely touch on what Bob was saying too, is uh, millennials did see their parents lose everything um, and they didn't want that to happen to them. But I think what's changed us is the cheese has moved. I mean, look at Amazon. They have, I just ordered a book uh, today and it's coming tomorrow before I get home from my flight. 
you know, back then you can't do that. You got to go to Barnes and Noble and search for it. Um, and I think with the accessibility of an apartment complex, um, I know in Charlotte they have golf simulators in one. They have Starbucks down in the lobby. They have a salt room after you work out to cool your body. Which I mean, they have sauna. So why go, why have a gym membership when I can just pay one full price in a luxury apartment complex? and have everything at my fingertips, and I come and go as I please, I'm not tied down. I think a lot of millennials, when they wanna buy a house, they feel that they're now tied down. They can't just up and move the next month. Um, and you're seeing more and more jobs move millennials around to different type of cities, and I think that's what is drawing that type of demographic to multifamily. Awesome. Yes, sir. And I had a question just, I mean, because you guys are breaking down the different demographics, you know, because I was always telling people like, the retirees, the baby boomers, you know, they lived in a world where it's a lot different than ours. Like the Gen X's, we wanted to be rich. We wanted to all be millionaires. You know, we grew up in the dot com. And then like the millennials, their primary, I always thought they were excellent for investing in the people they grow older because they just want flexibility. They don't want to own a home. They just want flexibility, but they still want the same things every generation wanted is to put their money to work from. Everybody's doing the same thing. And then now because of the education, that that's going to be one of the most powerful investments groups because they're not going to have their money locked up into a house and uh, and a car and they're just going to have their money and they're going to want it to do things for them in the future uh, yeah i definitely agree on that i see owning a house as a big liability because there's so much equity tied up in it um, i see when you rent you can deploy all the equity that you have and put into investments and reap the benefits one of the biggest things that i did last year that just i should have known 10 years earlier at least is instead of structuring deals and, and running around trying to sell a deal for a specific amount of money, I just started asking people how much money they had and I make the deal fit the money. Yes, go ahead. I have a question regarding Bob's comments for that reverse mortgage. What happens if you take 75% LTV and use that cash now and use that money to, let's say, 4%, 5% of interest rate and use that to invest in 10%? So you arbitrage the difference. Sure. I mean, that's what I recommend to people. I mean, if you can get a loan at 4% and, and make seven on money that you never, you know, that was tied up in home earning nothing, you still live in the same home, you come home in the same driveway, have the same neighbors. Um, and so I'll just give you a quick example. Let's just say that your property tax is $300 a month and you and your spouse are on social security. So that $300 a month and the, and the insurance and all the maintenance and repairs have to come out of your two social security checks. But if you took half of the equity out, invested it, and, and got $1,300 a month coming in, you could pay the 300 in property tax, have 1,000 left over, and still have 100% of your social security checks without leaving the same neighborhood. Nobody would know that you had a reverse mortgage. It, it's, you know, it doesn't change the value of your home. So as long as you're earning more than you're, than you're paying, I mean, that's arbitrage. That's, you know, that's where you're beneficial. And, you know, when do you make the most on a house? The day you buy it or when it's fully paid off? The day you buy it. The day you buy it. Because if you leveraged and put 10% down and the market went up 3%, you made 30% on your money. But when you own that home outright and the market goes up 3%, you made 3% on your money less all the costs of maintenance and repairs and insurance and everything else. So, I mean, the longer you hold a home, it's an albatross. And it actually, you know, in a, in a downturn, you, you know, you, you 
it's, it's not a pretty sight. So I, I just, I, I think the world of reverse mortgages, I'm gonna stick a quick cautionary and can attest to this, he was a lender. Um, reverse mortgages pay the most premium of any loan in the mortgage industry. It's expensive, isn't it? 2% of the value of your home. So not 2% of the loan amount, 2% of the value of your home. You're only getting half out. So it's like 4% of the, of the value of your home is what it costs to get one. So you definitely want to go to somebody that's reputable and, and there's a bunch of predators in the space that are just out for a quick commission. And, and you want to go to somebody that's like, no, if you're planning on moving in two years, you should not get a reverse mortgage because it's going to cost way too much money. You should get an equity line. You know, that's the kind of uh, person you have. But if you align yourself with a reverse mortgage person, that brings credibility into the room and you will have a plethora of cash to deal, uh, to fund your deals. Awesome. Yes, sir. All the way. The back. A question for the lender. What's the name of your podcast? The Mindful Multifamily Show. The Mindful Multifamily Show. It's on iTunes, Spotify. If it's not, please let me know, but it should be. Um, iTunes, Spotify, and I also do have a YouTube channel, which is my name, Chris Salerno, uh, where I post everything because I do Zoom on the podcast. I post everything on my YouTube channel because some people like to see face-to-face -face and they uh, they learn differently. So. What is the uh, conversion rate of 30 bags of groceries to beer? <laughs> I just use some easy math. Like if a note's going to make me two hundred dollars a month, you know, in profit, I just say, well, a case of beer is twenty bucks. So that's just that's ten cases of beer a month. So so and when you start adding that up, but the coolest thing is, is when you get your first note, you should get out your budget and put it against find a bill on your budget that matches that note payment. And now I've just found somebody else to pay that bill for me for the next thirty years. And I've actually gone down my budget and every single bill that I have, I have somebody else's name on it. And I actually have financial freedom for the first time in my life. Awesome. <laughs> One quick uh, closing point here, and then um, you guys can tell us how we can all reach you. But uh, One thing you'll hear is that these guys, they know their pitch, right? They definitely know how to handle objections. When somebody comes at them and says, well, my stockbroker says I should just stay in the market, right? Or, you know, says this is a lousy time to get out. They know how to handle these things, and then they know how to close. So knowing how to sell matters. Like, so if you're not a good closer, that would be something to fine-tune. Uh, because these guys, I'm sure they don't even need notes to go in and talk to people. It just rolls out. So they practice it. I'm sure Bob just, he probably says it in his sleep and his wife is you know, like, shut up. But, you know, so it's very simple for them. And it can be for you too, but like anything else, you have to practice it. You have to role play. Get in front of somebody that can tell you where you're screwing up. So I was talking to somebody this morning about Toastmasters. You know, perfect your, your speech capabilities and, and everything that goes along with it. But in closing, uh, how can people connect with you? Share, you know, where you, if you're on social media or you've got a, a business website. Sure. So my uh, website is notecarry.com, N-O-T-E-C-A-R-R-Y.com. My email is bob at notecarry.com. Even if you're dyslexic, I'm still Bob. So <laughs> And, um, you know, I, quick, you know, just help people. I mean, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Listen to what other people need. 
and find a way to help that happen. And I have coaching students call all the time that, like, I'm on my way to this closing, and oh my God, what do I say? And, I, and they're just like freaking out. And it's like, whoa, 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 slow down, take a breath. I want you to pretend you're a waiter in a restaurant. And you walk up to the table and you pull out your pad and you say, what do you want, right? That's what a waitress or a waiter does. You're going to the first appointment, don't have a solution already for them. Find out what they want and what they need and say, you know what? There's a couple of different ways that we could do this. I'm gonna go calculate which one would be best for you. When's the best time to call you back? And it just took all the pressure off of that first appointment. And now you have time to consult with your friends and your sphere of influence to figure out how to structure that deal. So that's my last tidbit of advice. Make it simple for us. Just go to flipyourcapital.com and input your info. We'll be in touch. So. Um, I just want to really touch on one thing that you said um, is really being an expert and understanding, you know, what your avenue is. Focus on your one thing. If it's going to be private lending, if it's going to be no business, focus on your one thing and just run with it. Um, soak up as a ton of information as you can. Become an expert. And when you do that, uh, my, my fiance actually yells at me at night because sometimes in my sleep I talk about my deals. And <laughs> when I say another woman's name, she knows I'm not, you know, with another woman. She knows she's in the transaction. Um, so uh, it's uh, very important to be an expert. Uh, be an expert in your field and focus very heavily on it, uh, where you can then handle any objections or anything like that. Yeah, no, it's a good one. Uh, so uh, you guys can find me at Chris at QCCapitalGroup.com. Feel free to email me. Uh, definitely would love to add you to our database. We do focus very heavily on the Carolinas, Atlanta, Georgia, and the Southeast. Uh, our website is down because we're doing a whole rebranding of it, so it should be up, uh, I would say, in about a week and a half. Or you can find me on any social media platform, Chris Salerno, and that's S is in Sam, A-L-E-R-N-O. Thank you, guys. Yeah, one thing I wanted to add about what Ben was saying about, he says we got it down, but you know what? We didn't have it down when we started. Sure. None of us. And even... Even when we have to recraft our message, we stumble at it until we get it down. But you keep at it. So don't ever be fearful if you feel like you're stumbling. Just go through it because you will get better at it. Uh, if I could add just one more thing. I had somebody ask me yesterday, what's the one piece of advice I give them in, in this business? And I would say it's who you do the business with, who you do deals with is more important than the deal itself. Uh, so you can reach me at tom at aznoteguy.com. Our uh, affordable housing loans website is ahlaz.com. Awesome. Let's give these guys a hand. Thank you very much. And there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Noteworthy USA podcast. If you found value in the podcast today, please hit that subscribe button, leave us a positive review, and share the podcast. We just want to continue to provide as much value about real estate and note investing as possible, and we appreciate your support. Again, don't forget about the Noteworthy newsletter. Head on over to www.notetools.com forward slash newsletter for a monthly newsletter subscription uh, that will give you all sorts of insights, tools, and strategies you can use in your own investing business. Cheers, guys. Until next time.